I'm your host, Christina Harris, and welcome to the Glory Story Podcast. Hey guys, thank you so much for taking time out to tune into another episode of the Glory Story Podcast. Today I have a special guest with me by the name of Mickey Jacobs. Hey Mickey! Hey! <laughs> How are you Hi. doing? I am wonderfully well. I am so excited to be on Glory Story. As you know, I've been following you, so this is pretty awesome that I have the opportunity to be a guest. So I'm really excited. Awesome. Yes, I've definitely, like I mentioned to you, been wanting you on, honestly, since I first started this whole thing. Um, but I think I kind of was just waiting for people to raise their hand instead of asking people. And now that I'm asking people, I'm seeing that people, some people were just waiting for me to ask. <laughs> <laughs> so, I don't know if you're one of those people, but I'm so excited to have you on here. I think we've known each other for almost a year now, maybe, mm -hmm. I think, hitting on a year now. Um, mm -hmm. I won't go into the details of how we met. I'm going to share, I'm going to say that for your heart-to-heart -heart challenge. Um, everybody, make sure you tune into that if you're watching this video before. I'm not sure if I'll post this before or after the heart-to-heart -heart challenge. But if you're watching this and you haven't seen the heart-to-heart -heart challenge, please make sure you check that out. And I will let Mickey go into more detail about that um, later on. First, I just want to get to know a little bit about you um, and let, well, I know about you, but let the world know about you or let the listeners know about you. Um, so kind of just like tell us a little bit about like, like who Mickey is or how, actually how, where are you from? Let's start there. Where are you from originally? Okay. <laughs> I am originally from a country town called Hampstead, North Carolina. And if you know where that is, whoop whoop to you. Um, <laughs> um, that um, it's actually, I usually tell people, um, cause most people know Topsail Island. So I'm like, Topsail Island? And they're like, yeah, I'm like, okay, that's, that's where I'm from. Um, but it's smack dab in the middle between Jacksonville, North Carolina and Wilmington, North Carolina. So yeah. Yes. So if you're a beachhead like me, you know what Top Still Beach is or Wilmington Beach. And mm -hmm. I just found out recently that she's from Top Still Beach. Um, I've visited there quite often. And we had a, a pretty fun conversation, <laughs> which we won't go into. Yes. <laughs> so you're from Top Still. What actually brought you to Raleigh then? Okay. So um, I went to NC State. I graduated from high school in 2004, got into state, uh, majored in chemistry, and that's, that was the start of Raleigh. And um, so I graduated and then I ended up um, having or getting pregnant with my beautiful daughter. And after I had her, I moved back home. And so now I'm back. <laughs> okay, so tell us a little bit about why you're back, because you moved back home. And then you came back to Raleigh. So how did you yeah. get back to Raleigh a second time? Well, I truly believe that was God ordained. Actually, it's, I know it was. Um, God had been pressing into me. I was working for a company. would have been two years um, in August. And God just, he kept pressuring me <laughs> to quit the job. And um, just a little bit of transparency. That was like one of the longest jobs that I've ever had, you know? Um, and so I was like, I'm not quitting this job. I was, you know, I feel <laughs> good about myself that, you know, I had, you know, kept this job and I had found something that I truly, truly enjoyed, which was recruiting. Um, and so I was like, uh, no, I'm going to keep this job. And, and God just kept nudging me in little ways, like just little ways. He kept 
it's time to go. It's time to go. It's time to go. Do you trust me? It's time to go. And I was like, "Mm -mm, no, I'm not moving. I'm not moving. (laughs) No, as we do sometimes. And I was like, I'm not moving. And, um, and just, uh, continuing on with my relationship during that, during that season, I was actually trying to get closer, trying to hear from God. And it was like, he, he just said it clear as day. Like, you want me for what I can do for you. And I'm mm. sitting here telling you what you need to do and you're not listening. Mm. So I was like, okay, God. So I don't know if you've ever had moments where you just have a powwow. You have a come to Jesus moment with God where you're like, okay, let's, mm. let's get on this level. <laughs> I'll <Listen>. come. <laughs> let's, let's get an understanding. Maybe I meet you halfway. You meet me halfway. Mm-hmm. Um, and so I was like, I finally got to the point where I was like, you know what? Okay, God, I'm going to trust you. I'm going to, I'm going to let go of this job. I had talked to my mom. I had talked to my aunt and they were both very adamant. Like, uh, if God told you to quit, you need to go ahead and do it because you're being disobedient right now. Mm-hmm. And, and so it was just little things. And so, um, I, I had, I had created this agreement. I created this agreement with God. I was like, okay, God, give me two weeks, two weeks. Mm. No, so she had, didn't give me time. I said, give me two weeks. So I had this conversation with him and, and, and it was just that it was that he was like, okay. And so the next morning I'm on the way to work and, um, he's like, today is the day. Mm. And I'm sitting in my car like, mm-hmm, no, I'm not doing it today, God. I'm not doing it today. I'm not, I said two weeks. Didn't I say two weeks? I said, give me two weeks. Um, and so I'm driving the normal way I go and there's a white Jeep in front of me. And it says on the, on the top of the, the rim, the big Jeeps says, let go and let God. Wow. Okay. Well, wow. there's that. <laughs> How many more signs do you need? (laughs) I said, there's that. And so still I'm, I'm having, I was like, okay, I see that God. I was like, okay. I was like, I'll do it today. If you make space for it. Right. Mm -hmm. And so I'm, I'm leaving that open. Cause I'm like, okay, make space for it. That really means nothing. Mm -hmm. So I'm in my office. I finally get to the office. I'm in my office going about the day. And, um, usually it's, um, it's four of us in the office. And so it's, it's a full, I mean, it's only four people, but it's a full office. It's always something going on and God had allowed for it. So the lady that was in the office with me, she was not at work. And then, um, the other lady that was kind of causing chaos at that time. Like God was making it uncomfortable for me to be there. He was like, and so that's where I really was like, okay, I can't be in a, in a, in a conflict, um, a work environment that has conflict. So he started pushing that before I got to the, okay, two weeks, God, he started making it uncomfortable. And so there was this uh, coworker of mine and she was just starting stuff, which had never happened. So it was just, wow. But anyway, So she wasn't there. And so my office mate wasn't there and God was like, do it now. And so it was just me and the office manager in the office. He was like, do it now. I was like, no. So like, just imagine like if there was a video (laughs) 
like looking at me and me not knowing I was seriously in like in the office like mm -mm, I'm not doing it I'm not I'm not doing it you can't like I'm just having a moment with myself and God mm -hmm. so um so he was like uh I'll make a I'll make a moment happen so she calls me in her office and I was like hmm okay so she calls me in her office and then we talk about what we needed to talk about. Um, and then, so I walk out, I'm like, yeah, that wasn't it. And God literally like, I could not sit down. Like he had my stomach in, in knots and I just couldn't sit down. And so I turned around and I, and balling, snot and everything, mm. you know, I need to put in my, oh. my, and um, I'm sorry that that story was so long, but I, I needed to, I, I felt like I really needed to share that because, you know, I think we sometimes think, think that it's so easy, you know, to follow Christ. Like once you, you get, you get, you hit it and it's just like, everything happens like this. And, and maybe for some people it is like that, but in my humanness, and in my in my need to control things, I was mm -hmm. I was given up a huge fight. Right. But um, so that happened, and God started to pour into me. So I started. I went on a complete fast after that. I had given my resignation, but um, I told them that I would help them find um, someone to take over my spot. Right. So whether that took two weeks or a month. And so I ended up staying about three weeks after that. Um, and then we just decided, you know, they're, they're probably not gonna move forward with any HR person. So that is just time to part ways. But within that time, God had told me that it was gonna happen fast. In the last day, my last day, two weeks later, I got a job in Raleigh. I mean, he had, he had poured, I, I can't share everything that he had poured into me because there are still some things that I am waiting on, but um, he had, I mean, he literally said, this is going to happen fast. It was like, he was preparing me. This is going to happen fast. You're going to get a job. Wow. It's going to be this type of role. Um, you're going to, you know, I mean, it was just, it was crazy. And so that's what wow. happened. Moved to Raleigh within wow. two weeks and then wow. my job. <laughs> Wow. Wow. No, I thank you for sharing the details of that story and the comment you made even at the end saying how sometimes when God places things on our hearts to do out of obedience, it's not always easy, right? The things that like go pray for that person, that one may be a little bit more easier than go quit your job. Right. <laughs> You're talking about my livelihood. I have a whole right. child. Like, right. And this whole... is, I can definitely relate to you there because this was something that I have recently, I haven't really shared my story on this yet. But just to hit on it for a second, I've recently made this same leap of faith. Um, and then we talked about, you know, my journey and how I got to North Carolina. And it was a lot of those just hearing from God, even though it was like looking kind of the opposite of what I thought it was supposed to look. It was just trusting him and knowing um, that everything was going to be OK. But it was not it wasn't easy. Right. Like 
we hear it. But one thing I'm learning is the things that God asks you to do normally are going to take you out of your comfort zone, right? Because if I'm in my comfort zone, then I'm not really relying on you. And I just don't believe God will ever take us or have any part of our journal journey be away from him to where we're not having to somehow, some way rely on him and his voice, because then we lose that relationship, right? Absolutely. So yeah, I definitely... I definitely can relate to you, relate with you on that one for sure. Um, so, right. So now you're in Raleigh and you get the job. Well, right. You got Ken of Raleigh, you got the job and everything. And so how is that going? Is everything still going smooth? Like you want to share what's, what's going on recently? So there we go. So <laughs> I get the job. Y'all, y'all are in for a treat, honey. I get the job. And I'm, I'm so excited. I mean, I wrote out this wonderful email to all of my family because I had family members that were praying for me in this season because I was one, I mean, for the very first time, like really, truly relying on God. Like this is just like, I'm, I'm, I'm moving from a place that I've, all, that I've always known, that I've grown up um, and that really supported me through the transition of being a single mother. I had my family there, you know, always having support in some way to moving to Raleigh and not having, I mean, I have support here, but it was not the support that I had in, in Hampstead. So, you know, all of that. So I'm, I'm moving, I'm leaving all of that to come here to, to follow what God, you know, put on my heart, told me to do. And so I'm there like I said, wrote this wonderful email about the goodness of God and how God was just showing up in my life and all this other stuff. And I'm so <laughs> thankful and, you know, um, so thankful and all this other stuff, just, you know, sharing, you know, like telling people, but also like thanking people that had been right. on the journey with me. And so I started my job on August 15th mm -hmm. and August 30th, uh, HR brought me in the office and told me that that was going to be my last day. Wow. And it's funny because even in that moment, that day that I got to work, God, God, see, God is so good. He told me, he was like, you're going to be let go today, but I'm with you. And I, and I literally, you know how you hear something, you just brush it out. You're like, God, mm -hmm. stop playing. I ain't playing mm -hmm. with you. That is not something to joke about. <laughs> I'm not even, even going to entertain that thought. And it happened. I was like, what? <laughs> so, so yeah. So here I am. I had put my daughter in private school. Um, we had just gotten an apartment. So I have expenses now. Very important bills that I need to take mm -hmm, care mm -hmm. of by myself. And uh, yeah, 15 days later, they, um, they dissolved my position, sent it back to the UK. And yeah that that was that and i was like who and at first i would like to say so let me say this when i was driving home i was driving home that day um i'm in the car and i'm like talking to god like not screaming but crying and screaming at the same time and he said i knew the only way to get you here was if you had a job he's like now i have you here watch me work and I was like, okay. So at first I was still numb, so it hadn't hit me, you know? Right, right. And um, so, so yeah. 
So that happened. And then I'd say two weeks later, I got in a car accident, uh, totaled my car on the way to pick up my daughter. And, um, yeah, that, I mean, messed up my back pretty, pretty bad. Luckily I was able to walk out of it. Um, so, Mm -hmm. so that is, that is a blessing, but, um, the damage that I did to my back and my neck was really, really right. right. And so, um, so yeah, that happened, totaled my car. Um, and then maybe a few, like a month or two later, my daughter was kicked out of the private school. So all of this stuff, all of this stuff that I had held on to that I was happy about, that I was excited about, all of it just started falling away. And it truly put me in a season of dependence, like full dependence on God. And I have to be honest, um, at first I was, as, as the stuff continued to happen, it was like, okay, mm-hmm. I'm, I'm going to be faithful. I lost the job. Okay. He needed me here. I'm cool. All right. Mm-hmm. But now I'm getting eviction letters put on my door. Now wow. uh, my car is totaled. Now I'm you know, we're struggling with food. Now private school is done. They can't, they can't wait any longer. They're, they're kicking her out of the school. You know, now I have bills and, and chiropractic bills and all of these doctor bills and I have physical therapy and all of this stuff is happening. And I am like, I, I, I did, I, I fell away. I fell away from Christ. I was like, you know what? I'm, I'm good. If this is what, if this is what it is, I'm done. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. And, um, yeah, so that, that happened, but I came back. <laughs> but you came back. No, I'm glad you actually hit on that because one thing that really stands out to me in our conversation so far and in previous conversations that we've had is your discernment of hearing God's voice. And so kind of jump into a little bit of like how, when that started, how did your relationship with Christ begin? Was it something that you, you know, came from childhood or was it something that was more developed um, as an adult? Like when did you start quote unquote hearing from God and really discerning the difference between God's voice and how they say the enemy's voice and mm-hmm. my voice? Yeah. Um, so that's, that's, I, I can't, I don't have, I guess I would say when I actually started to truly lean into him, um, which was in the summer of 2018, because I I grew up in church. I grew up going to church pretty much every day of the week. Um, I grew up in, yeah, I grew up going to church, um, not really, not having a relationship at all with, with God, just knowing that he was my Lord and savior. And I was, I was supposed to do right. I was supposed to, you know, be a good Christian, you know, because that's what I'm supposed to do. Um, not having that foundational relationship with him, but having my family's relationship with him Mm -hmm. and my church's relationship with him. Mm -hmm. So, um, I was, a, I, I was back and forth hot and cold with God, um, in many different, areas of my life like just going mm-hmm. back and forth like oh yeah I, I believe in you I trust in you I'm like no I don't want to hear from you at all um and I I truly believe it wasn't until I had my daughter that I really I really took my life seriously because I truly believe that God saved me through her 
because mm. I was on a very slippery slope. And I can honestly say that I would be dead mm. right now had he not intervened. Um, and, you know, I might, you know, having, having my daughter out of wedlock, out of wedlock, as people might say, might have not been the best, you know, situation, but God knows what he is doing. And right. he literally saved me um, mm-hmm. through her. He really did. Mm-hmm. Um, and um, so I would say when I, when I actually got serious and I wanted to hear from him, because you know how God can speak to you, because if you accept Christ into your life, you have the Holy Spirit dwelling in you. And you know, right. there, there are oftentimes he wants to talk with you, but are you willing to listen to him? Right. And maybe you know, there's probably several times, actually, there are several times because when I was in the world and I was having sex before marriage, you know, I would have that voice in my head, like, you you know, this isn't, this isn't the way, this isn't what I want for you, but I would shun it. Like, no, we're not, you know, we're in a relationship. We plan to get married. So, you know, I'm, I'm like rationalizing everything that I'm doing. Like, oh, we're going to, you know, drink or whatever oh well i'm not getting drunk you know i'm i'm good you know so um i think god wants to talk to us but do we want to hear from him are we still enough to hear from him and i believe because i had taken that huge leap of faith because god was just like trying to get me to listen to him at such a you know large rate that it was like okay i can't do this on my own I, I quit my job. I need to hear from you. And mm-hmm. so I think that's, I think that's kind of how it started. Like me actually being open to it and being like, okay, yeah. I want to hear you. Yeah. I th- you're a hundred percent like can relate to that. I think for most people that I've talked to, and I think most, like I said, most people who are on this journey with Christ can say that God was always trying to speak to them. God was always trying to get their attention. But when we sat down and surrendered and, and muted out all the rest of the noises, you know, that's when we were able to hear what it was he was having to say. Because even if it wasn't like this audible voice in our ear, it still was a conviction. Like we were out in the world doing what we wanted to do. And mm-hmm. we started to feel okay, maybe this isn't what I should be doing, but we numb those feelings or we um, suppress those feelings by continuing to do those things, right? Um, for me, like you talked about sexual, um, being sexual, you know, that was one of my go-tos, you know, was, and I felt it was like each guy, I could feel God saying, stop, like you're worth more than this, right? Like I just felt like, even though I didn't know my worth at the time, I felt like I deserve better than this, you know, but I would continue to do it to suppress it. And then afterwards I would continue to hear that sound. And so, okay, well, let me drink something. Let me smoke a little weed. Maybe that'll help, you know, drown out the noises that God was trying, when God was trying to speak to me. And so I think you're right. When you come to that point where you're just like, you know what, I'm so tired of doing it my way. Like, obviously the way I'm doing it is not the right way. Let me sit down and be quiet and see what it is that God has to say, because I don't think you really know, like, you don't really even know what God has to say even looks like or sounds like. You just you just get to that place of just being fed up and done, and then you begin mm-hmm. to hear his voice. Um, so it's I think it's very beautiful, and it does come with being at a place of complete surrender. I, I truly believe that. Right. And it sounds like you had gotten to that point where you were just like, you know, I'm tired. Like, But you also recognize his mercy had been over you throughout your walk. His grace was 
over you even when you were out in the world because you mentioned a kid which I didn't I was like I knew we had a lot in common but the, like hearing you talk now I'm realizing just how much we've had in common same thing having my child out of wedlock and her literally being what pivoted even though I didn't completely surrender to Christ in 2012 I remember that was the year she was born in 2010 but 2012 is when I began to pivot my mindset and say okay let me see what this this is about you know where I begin to pray and ask questions and even though I had a background in church like you said it was my family's background in church it was what you know how they taught me and how they raised me it wasn't my own personal relationship with God um so yes, yeah, same thing. I would have been dead probably as well if it would not have been forgotten. I think it gets to that sometimes. Sometimes he does other little things, um, but he's mm -hmm. like, you know what? She ain't gonna act right or he ain't gonna act right until I do this one thing. <laughs> they just ain't gonna get, get it. Got it. <laughs> and it seems I, like you know, God, like literally talks to me. Like <laughs> we talk about intimate relationship. He like, girl, <laughs> like like something ain't right with you. What 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 I got to do? So. I love that. I love that because that's a good uh, another thing that I think people um, misconceive is they think that this relationship or this conversation with God has to be oh heavenly out there father like you know what I mean like we yeah. have to go into this character just to have a, a relationship or a conversation with God but he wants you to just come as you are because I can get on my knees or I can lay in my bed and have a conversation with God and pretend to be you know this character but at the end of the day he knows me inside and out so he knows I'm pretending so why not be raw like there has literally been times where I like punched my pillow and was like what the <laughs> talking to God like what right right <laughs> what I mean you doing Yes, yes. And I'm so glad you said that because, and my dear friend, she had to, she had to share this with me when I had first moved here and I just couldn't get it out because, you know, you feel, you feel bad, you know, being angry at God. And she was like, what do you think Psalm is all about? Read Psalm. That's all David did. He cried out unto the Lord. He let him know. He, mm -hmm. you know, I mean, he had that relationship with God. Like I am angry lord i am vexed you know and and it it took that for me to realize yeah god wants to hear he wants he wants to know i mean mm -hmm. he already knows right but there is something about relationship you yeah. know you could already know my story but there is something you want to hear it from me because that creates a oneness that creates a vulnerability um and a transparency between us we can have an intimate conversation together about right. my life and your life if we share you know and yeah, no, I, love that. I don't know how many times i have spoken with new believers and they're like and, and, you know, it'll be in a Bible study or, you know, a group. And I'm like, let's pray together. And they're like, oh, no, I can't pray. And I'm like, I don't want to force you to pray, but mm -hmm. I promise you God wants to hear your voice. He, right. It doesn't matter how it sounds. You can throw every biblical, you know, nice <laughs> word. If it means nothing, it means nothing. Right. You know, God hear your heart he wants to he wants that with you and for you so just give no, it no i love that especially when you brought up david because what did god consider david he considered him um, his a friend like that that was his that was a friend god wants that relationship with us the way i can talk to you should be the right. same way i can talk to god i should bring that same personality me who i truly am 
that's who I should be when I present myself to God, not some fake version of me. And that's something that as a perfectionist or someone who always validated, I mean, who needed validation um, Mm -hmm. from especially adults, I always felt like I had to put on this facade and pretend to be something that I was not in front of God. And I was realizing it kind of was getting me nowhere. When I really started to be who Christina was and talk to God, like you said, the way David would talk to God, that's when I started to really see the drastic change and the shift in my life. And that's what he wants. He wants raw and genuine and truth because that's what he is. He is truth. And we should deplete the same thing that God represents, which is truth and real and rawness and transparency because who God is, is all in the book, all in the book. So why should I hide who I am? when he does not hide who he is, right? Oh, so that's no, I beautiful. love that, I, like that. I love that, yeah. and you're right. That is something that um, prayer, I think prayer is just something that's hard for a lot of people to do based off of how they were raised and what they saw mm-hmm. in the church. Um, yeah. And it was, it, was a, it was a, that was a challenging thing for me, especially praying in front of people. And it's so beautiful because I think that is actually how we met was during a prayer circle and not just any prayer circle. Your girl was praying in tongue and that, <laughs> that was new for me. <laughs> so, but now it's like, that's a second language to me. Now I honestly pray more in the spirit than I do in my regular tongue. Because like you said, I get that wholeness and I get that, that I, God knows everything, but something about praying in that spirit and letting my spirit connect with his spirit. I don't know what it is, but I feel the intimacy deeper. And even with our conversation now, you're right. I know your story, but for some reason you sharing your story now, or each time I've talked to you, I felt more closer to you. And this time for some reason in particular, I feel even more closer to you hearing your story. And it may just be because I didn't realize we had so much in common, even though I knew your story. I don't know. It's great. So, um, yes, like you said, just giving him what he already knows, you know, and just talking to him. I love that. So obviously, like you said, you, um, you got to a point where you're kind of like, if this walk is like this and I don't want it, what kind of snapped you back into reality of, of, of wanting it again? Hmm. Okay. So there were a few things. All right. So completely transparent, I had fallen. So I had, um, in a moment of weakness, I had met a guy at church. And when I first started church, I was, I was like, nope, nope, he's, he's, he's not the one, God didn't send him, I'm not even entertaining it. So he would ask me out every Sunday. And I'll say, no, no, thank you. Thank you. I appreciate it. As a single mom who hasn't had anybody trying, <laughs> I appreciate it so much. Thank you, but no, thank you. Um, and it, it, it went on for, for a few Sundays, like maybe five or six Sundays. It went on like every Sunday. He would walk me to the car and like, let me take you out. Let me take you out. He would, you know, and just like, no, no. And then I got in my car accident. Mm-hmm. And I was, I was done. I was, I was tired of holding on. Right. And so, um, I, I allowed him into my space. I opened my heart, which I shouldn't have done, but I opened my heart. Mm -hmm. Um, and under the guise that, oh, he goes to church, he worships, you know, Mm. I've seen him, you know, worship (laughs) with his arms, you know, up and crying. Ooh, Mm -hmm. oh, he's Mm -hmm. a, he's a good man. He, he knows the Mm -hmm. Lord. He loves the Lord, you know? 
And, um, and so, of course, opening, um, opening the door of love before you're ready or, or before God wants you to. Um, so things started and I started to be intimate with this guy. And it wasn't until one night um, we had, we had text um, and I can't, I couldn't get him to, to commit. I couldn't mm-hmm. get him to commit. It was, it was fine to do what we were doing or whatever, but we just couldn't get on the same page about commitment. Right. Mm-hmm. And I remember uh, being in my prayer closet and crying because I just couldn't get it. And he had said something. I can't remember exactly what he said, but he had said something and I, it just, it took me over the edge. Mm-hmm. Like, like you awakened love. Like I, I had shut myself off for two and a half years. I was celibate. Mm-hmm. I had shut myself off and I allowed, cause it's me. I allowed this man to enter in I had shut everything down and then I opened my heart back up and it was like every, I felt so many things on an intense level when I realized that he awakened loved and he had no intention. Mm. He had no intention of, of caring or carrying out, you know, mm-hmm. um, that. And um, I remember that night wanting to, because I was still, mind you, I was on, I was, on so much medication because of the pain in my back and my neck. And Mm -hmm. I remember sitting in my, in my prayer closet saying, I could take all of these pills Mm. and be, and I wouldn't wake up. And I remember like feeling and hearing, hearing the devil say, you'll feel better. You'll feel better if you do this. It's okay. It's okay to let go. I, rem- I mean, I, I, I feel it so because I had never felt something that that's not true. But um, in that moment with something like that, I, had, I hadn't felt that. And right. so, so yeah, I'm, I'm looking at these pills and I'm crying my head off. And I'm like, also, my door is open to my bed and my daughter's sleep in my bed. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, crying because can I leave my child like this? She's going to wake up to me in the morning. Can I do that to her? And that was the only thing that saved me. Wow. The only thing realizing that my daughter was going to have to clean up my mess. Wow. was not going to go away Mm -hmm. after my body was away. She was going to have to live with that and carry that for the rest of her life. Mm -hmm. And I just, and that snapped me out of it. Mm. That snapped me out of it. And I was like, I'm, I'm done. <laughs> wow. I'm, I'm done. I'm good. Um, and I actually, I had to tell my friend the next, the next day, uh, my friend called me and because accountability is really important to yeah. me now in this mm-hmm. season, I, I completely shared it. We prayed and, um, and it was just, that was it. That was wow. it. Wow. 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 
Well, we're glad to have you back on <laughs> Team Jesus. <laughs> right, and I'm so right. glad that you made the right decision. I'm so glad that God was with you on that day and that he, even though the enemy was whispering one thing in your ear, that he was right there with you the whole time, showing you reality and showing you that what he, what the enemy was telling you was not what you should have been doing. And I'm just so proud of you for choosing life in that moment because so many people in that situation would have chose death um, because they just would have thought even with the child being in front of them, the, the enemy's voice would have just been a lot louder in that moment. And so I'm definitely proud of you for making that decision um, and definitely can relate on that as well, but we won't touch into that. Um, but one thing you mentioned uh, was accountability and how um, now you kind of, you're really you're all about especially in this season of being a single woman and being very intentional um and you know making mistakes I believe making mistakes sometimes it has to happen for us to really realize what we want what we're worth and I think you're at that place now where you're like okay I know what I want I know what I'm worth I'm not going to go back to that place not only that but I'm going to make sure I surround myself around community and you've actually started your own community um the tribal code sisterhood uh, mm -hmm. which I'm happy to be a part of um do you want to kind of go into detail about that yeah, so um, thank you for the plug. Um, <laughs> sister. <laughs> so I have to be honest. So I feel bad because all of my stories, they take so long to tell. Anyway, Tribal Code Sisterhood. I started Tribal Code Sisterhood when I was back in Wilmington. And it was literally just supposed to be um, a space where women can come and be authentically who they were created to be. This was the time when I was dabbling in everything. Like, God, I feel like God was my foundation, but I was okay with people that were new age and I was okay with people that were in other religions and and I embraced all of that and it was like mm -hmm. as long as you are a woman and you know you're you're about supporting women and showing up for other women then yes you can be a part of this community and so that that died away and fell off and then so when i got to when i got here god has always been telling me that he was going to use my broken places to heal others he's always he's always shared with me that that test that i can never pass was going to be the thing that was going to deliver so many other people hmm. which is my test the thing that i've struggled with the most in life you know people struggle with um gambling alcoholism mine was sexual um immorality whatever you mm -hmm. want to call however you want to say it right um i i struggled with promiscuity and all of that and so that was always like a, a deep hidden secret or a darkness that I never wanted to share and I never wanted to uncover. It was something that like, there were several times when God was, where I felt God saying, okay, you know, don't have sex before marriage. And I would try, right, by myself in my own strength. And then I would fail and I'd give up right mm -hmm. and then it happened again and i feel that intense like need to try again i try again and i fell right um and so it was it was in that moment where god was like i'm going to use this this thing that you keep like going around in circles mm -hmm. this thing that you don't want to share with other people this thing that has you bound like fully bound i'm going to use that and yeah. your healed places are going to heal someone else. Amen. And so 
it took me the longest time and it took me until after the situation where I had, you know, I had, like I said, two and a half years, I was like, um, had no, no man, no nothing. I was, I was by myself and good mm -hmm. and opening that door and seeing what that opening that door did to me. That was a serious soul tie that I was not expecting. Wow. That was a serious, like, I mean, I can't, it and the funny thing is, and I'm sorry to make these so long. The funny thing is, like in in that in that season when I was having sex with this person, God was giving me wisdom about this person. He was telling me that this person like was depressed, or this person like you know had these things, and He's using you to numb Himself. God was mm -hmm. showing me this stuff, and I was like, No, I can wow. change. Wow, I can do this. <laughs> you know and um and so it came to a point where it was like okay god I, i'm done like that one that was a doozy i can't do this anymore and so i started to i was like okay god if you want me to do this then please send them to me because I had been trying and no one, you know, it was like, it was like, oh, I'm, I'm waiting till marriage. And then people would laugh at me and be like, who's going to wait till marriage with you? Mm. What do you think you're going to mm. find them going to wait? <laughs> you know, and you would get these people when, when I finally started opening up about it, like, you ain't serious. You can't do that or whatever. Mm. And so I was like, okay, God, I was like, you, I need you to send these women to me. I need, yeah. I need you to send them to me. And once again, cause God, when he says something, he does it. And yeah. I was meeting women at church. I was meeting women in different arenas where we would just start having a conversation. And they'd be like, I'm waiting. I, somehow we would get on, on topic of I'm waiting till marriage. Yeah. And I was like, okay, okay, God okay all right let me exchange numbers let me you know hook hook them up on facebook let's let's mm -hmm. link together and it was just like god was just showing me yes there are people there are women and men and that's that was the greatest thing for me i met men i i have friends that are men that are waiting that are saving mm -hmm. themselves for marriage that have been saving themselves for i don't know how long i remember when i first met the first male i called my mom i was like mom I met a man that ain't having sex till <laughs> and, and she, I don't know if she ever laughed at me or whatever, but I was like, I am just, I'm so shocked. I was so shocked because, you know, I, I just, I couldn't believe it. I had never met it. And so it was just God like showing me, I'm, I'm here with you. And now I'm going to give you accountability partners so that yeah. you can do this walk, that you can do this life with. Um, the, so the New and Improved Tribal Code Sisterhood is um, a community for Christian women that are single and they are living in their purpose. So there, I, I said a lot. So first of all, Christian women, there we go, um, who are single. Um, the group is for single women, but I know a few married ladies that are also a part of the group, which is completely fine. But I think the key is living in purpose. Um, and how that's key for me is um, for the longest time, I believe that 
I hadn't arrived until I got married. Like my life doesn't start until I get married, until I have that family, until Mm -hmm. that unit is together. And I believe a lot of women believe that way. We aspire to the wedding. You know, we don't Mm -hmm. aspire to the marriage. We aspire to the wedding. We like the idea of being married to someone. Um, But we don't do the work, right? And I believe that God has called all of us for a certain specific season. And right now I'm in a season of singleness and I can either dread that season, hate that season and try to push past that season. Or I can actually be like, God, I know I'm here for a reason. I know you have something specific for me to do right now. Let me hear you. Let me do what I'm supposed to do. And so um, that's really key for for this group because I don't want any woman feeling like, you know, she has to wait to marriage to get to where she's going. Like if God has put something on your heart, if God has placed a ministry on your heart, if God has told you to do any type of work, this is the time to do it. I mean, it says in the Bible, Paul says like, you know, when you are married, you have to worry about married things. You have to worry about your, your husband, your, you know, or your wife, you know, your, your mind can't be set on God. It's going to be split. But when you have, you know, but when you're single, you have time to devote to God. You have time to devote to self-reflection and, and growing and growth, mm-hmm. you know? And I'm so glad that God showed me that because there was so, like, now that I see things, I'm like, whoo, yeah, I need, I need to get that fixed before I get married because <laughs> that's not a good trait that I want to carry <laughs> into my marriage. Fix right, that. right. You know, but, but in the past, it was like, no, no, right. no we can do anything together and we can make everything work and it's going to be great. Mm -hmm. And it's like, no, Mm -hmm. I want to be completely whole. And I want my partner to be completely whole when we get together. And I want us to be so dependent on Jesus that it doesn't matter what the other person goes through, that we aren't moved, that we can be that partner, that we can be that partner that gets down and fast and pray for the other when they are weak, when they are stumbling, whatever the case may be. And so that's, that's a little bit about what Tribal Code Sisterhood is. I also wanted it, I want it to be a community of vulnerability and openness and transparency. I feel we don't have that opportunity a lot um, as women just in the world. But then when you add on Christian women, sometimes depending on where you are, you feel like you have to come in as this and you can't have this issue or this problem and you can't be struggling because you have to present as this. Um, And so um, that that's really important to me. And if you don't mind, I would like to share a story of where that comes from. When I was, um, when I was uh, in college and um, I was dating uh, my then boyfriend at the time, um, once again, I was feeling convicted about having sex before marriage. And um, I was in a Bible study group and it was, it was a collection of colleges and, and young people all around and we would get together on a night and we would have a sermon. Uh, we would have a pastor that would preach, but then we would go into our different groups and then we would break down the sermons and everything. It was great. It was great. I, I really enjoyed it for that time, uh, for that season. And so one, um, one day I was really feeling convicted and God, I felt like God was telling me that I needed to go and share 
that I'm having, I'm struggling with sex before marriage, you know, with my group. Now, these are women that I've been in this group with for, for probably over a year now. So I'm seeing the same, pretty much the same women. And we we're talking and we're, you know, you know, sharing our lives and doing events and things like that. So I'm like, okay, I'm going to, I'm going to, do this right i'm going mm -hmm. to go to this group and say what i need to say and so i i said oh sorry i went and i and i told them i said you know i'm having a really really hard time um with um not having sex and it was crickets it was complete crickets no one no one said anything everyone just looked at me like something was wrong with me like 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 it was i'm i'm serious and i remember that feeling and i was like i will never do that again i will never share like that again mm. and so this was when i was how old am i now i'll be 34 in a few weeks uh this was when i was probably 21 20. i was like i will never I will never do this again because here I am in a group of Christian women where we're supposed to be walking through this life together, showing up for each other, praying for each other, interceding for each other, all of this stuff that we're supposed to be doing. And I share my heart. I share something that I have never shared mm. before. And it is nothing but crickets. No mm. one says, oh, I'm so sorry that you feel that way. Let's pray for you. No one says, oh, I struggle with that too. No one said anything. Wow. And we just moved to the next topic. And I was like, yeah, that's, I'm done. I, that's I, I, crazy. I embarrassed myself, so I'm good. So I, I tell that story because that is what I want Tribal Code Sisterhood to be. I want, if you have something that is weighing on your heart, I want you to know that you can come into this group and you are not going to be judged. You are not going to be criticized. We are going to pray and intercede with you. We are going to mm -hmm. show up and we're going to send you Bible passages, whatever mm -hmm. we need to do. We are, we're going to show up for you. We're going to try our best and with the knowledge that we have to be there for you in this walk, mm -hmm. because this walk is not easy. No. It's not easy. No, no, that's beautiful. I love it. And you really talked and hit home on the importance of community and the importance of what type of community you're surrounding yourself around because all community is not good community. Um, and just making sure that you're surrounding yourself around people, not just in a relationship as far as man and woman, but mm -hmm. in your friendships as well. If I'm, if you notice that I'm slacking or I'm weak, I'm weak, I'm falling. Are you behind the scene, you know, praying for me, or are you giving me advice or giving me love? Like, are you, can you do that in our friendship? Because if you can't even do that in a friendship, how do you expect to be able to do that in a relationship with a man, right? And so even now I compare and I kind of use the tools that God has given me as far as being a uh, friend or the things he's shown me to be a better wife whenever I am a wife, I'm kind of applying them to my friendships now, you know, being a good listener and, you know, loving you with mercy and grace and all the different things that he's shown me where I was very, you know, 
where I was struggling a lot, he's shown me to be able to apply those things now and get that training now. So when the husband comes, I'm not just like jumping in it, like, okay, uh, <laughs> you know what I yeah, mean? And right. so it's very vital that you have that community, that you're surrounding yourself around like-minded people who are helping right. to uplift you and shower you with, with the love that you um, need. And you made, you made another comment about how a lot of women you know, they get on this journey of intentionality and they're waiting for this husband to come and it's, it's completely make everything else fall in line. Like, okay, when he comes, then I can this, then I can that, then we'll get this, then we'll get that. And I can admit, I used to have that same mentality before I was with, like, fully with Christ. I had that mentality and that's why I was always behind some man because I thought that is what I needed in order to make everything else fall in place. And I call it the seat man and the rest will be added to you when God clearly tells us to seek the kingdom first and then the rest will be added to you so if we're in a season where not only separately but together as a sisterhood we are truly seeking God's purpose and we're helping each other where each other is weak and even if one of us begins to date like am I calling you at nine o'clock to make sure you your butt at home and you're not still out on that date you know what I mean like are we doing this and it's very important and so for anyone who's interested in joining a uh, tribal uh sisterhood how can they become a part of that um Thank you. So first of all, um, we are on Instagram and Facebook. So on Instagram, we are called Tribal Codes. So it's just Tribal Codes. Um, and on Facebook, it's also Tribal Codes. Actually, now that I think about it, it's both okay. Tribal Codes. <laughs> <laughs> um, now that I think about it. And we also have a YouTube page. You can put in Tribal Codes Sisterhood. I will start to add more videos as time goes along. Um, and I would love to hear from any of you ladies, if there's any type of content, any any topic that you would like to hear more information on, um, please email me at tribalcodes at gmail.com. That's tribalcodes at gmail.com, T-R-I-B-A-L-C-O-D-E-S at gmail.com. <laughs> okay, and I'll definitely link it in the description. If I post, you know, however I post this, I'll definitely have it to where they can have better access to it as well. Um, and right now, Mickey, as I mentioned earlier, is doing a heart-to-heart -heart challenge. You want to kind of tell us a little bit about that? Yeah, so so once again, going in going um, in line with what Tribal Code Sisterhood is about, it's about community and it's about being vulnerable with the women around you. And so, um, Heart to Heart Challenge is just a thirty day challenge where we will um, I will you know set specific tasks for the day, and um, everyone does the challenges. You post on Instagram or Facebook, um, and we just we share in vulnerability. Um, so some of the questions are, are really heartfelt questions like, tell me a scar that you've had and um, how can you uplift another woman with, you know, you know, sharing that story about your scar or um, what's your favorite Bible verse? Um, you know, when, when did you first encounter God? When did God first encounter you? What are some inspirational books that you have? So every day is going to be a different challenge um, that you can participate in. And once again, it's just to create another opportunity where we can actually communicate. Because I feel like with all the technology that we have, we're, I mean, it's, it's made us more distant and more 
far apart, you know, because we're not worried about people and their emotions. We're not worried about how, you know, people on an emotional level or a spiritual level. We're just worried about how we look on, mm-hmm. on social media. And I feel it's time out for that. And uh, Travel mm-hmm. Code Sisterhood, I want this opportunity to truly just be something fun that we can do together, but also create, you know, a deeper sense of community and vulnerability. Awesome. I love it. Well, thank you so much for coming on today and just sharing not only the things that you have encountered and went through and overcome, but also some of the things that you're still struggling with and you're, you know, honest about your struggles. And I think transparency and honest honesty about our struggles help people to relate to our struggles and help them to get through those things a lot easier than they would if they felt like they were going through them alone and so thank you for coming on and being completely open and completely transparent you know that's what it's all about here on the glory story because how can we give god glory if we're not sharing the things that he has really came into our life and transformed and renewed and so i am so um excited for your heart to heart challenge i'm so excited for the future plans you have for tribal code sisterhood and i'm glad that i get to be a part of that um so stay tuned for the deets on that as well um but yeah so do you mind praying us out oh of course i would love to i would love to heavenly father lord we just thank you we thank you for another opportunity to share in your grace and in your presence lord Lord, I just thank you for my sister, Christina, Lord. I thank you for what you were doing in her life, Lord. I thank you for just opening her heart, opening her her temple, Lord, to you, Lord, allowing your light to shine through her, Lord, allowing her to be your representation, Lord, so that her light shines to any and everyone that comes uh, to know her, Lord. We just thank you for Glory Story. We thank you for the opportunity to share in your goodness, Lord. We thank you for the opportunity to share testimonies, Lord, so that we can uh, heal people and get people out of bondage, Lord. We thank you for all that you are doing, Lord, and we just we just pray that you continue just to uh, place your hands on on what you have called us to do, Lord. Help us to walk in faith and blind faith and, and know that we are, we are um, following your mark and we are doing what you have called us to do, Lord. We thank you, we honor you, and we praise you. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. And again, thank you so much for taking time out to listen to the Glory Story podcast. If you would like to share your testimony, please give me a holler at Pod at gmail.com. In the meantime, stay blessed. Know that I love you, God loves you, and it's all for his glory.